Nate, this is Sheikok Barshabaz, and you're listening to Wrestling POV Global. Hey, this is Jagger Lane, and you're listening to WPOV Global. From deep within your parents' basement comes another exciting episode of WPOV Global. Your intrepid host. The legend in his own mind, T. James Logan, and the gentleman, <laughs> no woman actually says that, Elio Canella. What's going on? Whoa, whoa, who's that jerk? <laughs> Anyhow, okay, you know what? I'm not in my mother's basement. I'm in my wife's basement. So, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, folks, how you doing? This is uh, T. James Logan. Elio. Yes, sir. Who the hell was that? Who did you hire to give us that crappy interview, our opening? I, I'm confused. I have no idea what's going on. Do you not like my openings anymore? I like your openings. I have no idea what's going on. What's going on? Did you hear what he called a legend in my own mind? I heard that. Says no woman calls you a gentleman? (laughs) I heard that. I'm like, what's going on? I hope you paid that guy and used condoms or something because, man, (laughs) that guy was ridiculous. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, fans, we are in week 7 million of isolation. Uh, All my hair fell out. You can see me now. I, I am now bald. I was not bald last week. I had one tenth of an inch of hair on my head. Oh, well. All gone now. Well, actually, no. I did grow a beard, but then I got bored of that and shaved it. So, <laughs> Elio, besides my impeccable grooming skills, what's going on in your world? Oh, uh, let's see. Um, last week, now going off of um, last week's uh, Dark Side of the Ring, I decided to check out some UWF. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, you um, know what? They, I didn't know a lot they, either. Sorry. Yeah, they have, they have a, the, their program Fury Hour is all it's available on YouTube. All like forty six episodes of them. Yeah, yeah. You know what? That is probably a good idea. That's a net, that's a name UWF that just kind of popped around when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I didn't really well back in the days. You know, there wasn't really internet back then. Uh, now that we have this, you know what? Um, after seeing Dark Side of the Ring, I, I too think I want to go back and uh, take a look at some of that stuff. It was interesting. I don't know if I be able to really get that deep into it but it was interesting to see for for the first time okay okay uh anything else going on in your life i'm just trying to keep busy uh still can't go anywhere libraries are still closed yeah yeah everything everything's going kind of a bit uh slow uh i've got to admit that it seems like uh, life is uh just gliding by like we, um, we, we had snow the other day. What the yeah, yeah, we, us too. We had one oh, day of snow. What's going on? Totally gone, totally gone now. But uh, it looks nice out there. And uh, we get we had some rain the last couple of days. So, you know, hopefully things get a little better. I mean, I hit the wall on when it's come to television, Elio. I mean, right now the only thing I'm really watching is wrestling because, uh, oh, man, I'm so sick of television. You know? That, yep. uh, so, but you know what? We're going to talk some television today, folks. We're, of course, going to get into our regular look at AEW. Dynamite. And boy, did you hear Rick Serrano ripping me off? I heard that. Dynamite. That was me who's been doing that for how long Yo, since we've been doing this show? <laughs> Rick Serrano, write your own stuff. <laughs> I bet you Miguel stole it. You know, Miguel probably listened and stole it. You can't trust a puppet. Anyhow, and we're also going to take a regular look at MLW, which has got me a little saddened because this is the last episode of uh, of uh, Fusion that yep. we're going to regularly see for for the unknown future. You know, and I got to say, it was a very strange having 
You know what? I didn't write it. You know why I didn't write an article this week? I did not write an MLB. There's no article to write. To Winston to write. They, they only exactly. had one match. There was one match and, and all the promos that we I, I, I was telling you offline. I thought, um, I, I was telling you, I thought I missed something because it just abruptly ended after yeah. my Contra promo. I'm like, wait, that's not the usual ending. <laughs> no, but I'm going to say, well, we're not going to, we'll get into that after. You know, let's yeah. get into what that's about later. But right. let's, uh, let's, let's take a look at, first of all, a piece of news. Mm-hmm. Not much news going on in wrestling world, but at least in our neck of the woods. But we did have an announcement come up today on uh, Dynamite. Do you, you know oh. what I'm going to talk about? Um, could it be their next pay per view? No, we're talking about Mike Tyson will be the person who will be rewarding the winner oh, of saw, the new championship belt. I saw something about that on on the show tonight. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like, so that's well, kind of exciting. Mike Tyson. And who knows, you know, he's gotten involved in wrestling before. Maybe this mm-hmm. is just a prelude to things to come. That would be kind of nice. But uh, you know what? Let's get into today's hot topic, all right? All right? This is a hot topic that's popped up in my mind for the last little while. And I know you disagree with me on some of this. So this, I thought, you know what? Let's see what the fans think about this. And the question was simple. Is Cody Rhodes subtly and slowly becoming the villain? Is, you know, is there a change coming? Is he, is he doing something a little nefarious? And uh, I don't know if we got anybody. I don't think anyone actually wrote in. Actually, there, there were a couple of comments on there. There were? My goodness. Read them out to me, Elio. All right. Well, so, while Elio calls them up, I'll tell you guys, the start of this whole thing for me is I've noticed in the last couple, uh, well, last couple, at least month or so, maybe six weeks, that Cody, who's never really been the, the biggest huggy kissy handshaking kind of baby face there is has slowly been doing more and more shady type things in the ring and i'm going to go over some of the events that he's done that makes me think you know what maybe he is kind of the bad guy maybe he's going to be the bad guy okay so i I have the comments all right let's hear them so the first one comes from antoine hoffman our co-host who today cannot be here because he is covering some major ufc stuff so he says, given Cody's recent actions via throwing Darby Allen into Brandy Rhodes one week, then watching Dustin Rhodes get bludgeoned by Lance Archer the next, we're definitely seeing here hints of a heel turn. Then again, we saw hints of an Adam Page heel turn, but he hasn't been seen in weeks, so who knows? Mm, good point. That, okay, I see that's so kind of on the fence. Anton says he kind of see it, but then Ant tells us, you know what, maybe not. And let's see if we have, we have uh, two more. We have Nancy Jeffrey says, never going to happen. Scott Shaw says, isn't he a villain already? <laughs> <laughs> wow, two and, different sides of the coin there. So, so okay, that's about, that's about all the comments that we have on this one. Excellent. Okay, well, you know what? I'm obviously of the opinion right now that Cody Rhodes is the villain. And I'll tell you why Cody Rhodes is the villain. If you notice... First of all, he is not part of the elite who are the good guy championship heel, uh, sorry, face faction. They're the guys who everyone loves and cheers. Cody has always kept himself separate from them. Okay, fair enough. Maybe he wants to stand on his own. But there's this arrogance about Cody. You know, he comes in all the time. Uh, Look back at the beginning of uh, the whole isolation thing, right? Uh, Cody is the only guy coming out to Pyro. He comes out to these big elaborate entrances nobody else does when you're in control and you're the boss 
Doesn't that make you kind of a bit of a jerk if you throw all the spotlight your way? So, okay, that's one thing. That's one okay. Thing. Uh, Anton brought up a really good point. Look at that match with Darby Allen, okay? Darby Allen comes char charging straight at uh, Cody. Cody's near the ring barrier, and he uses Darby's momentum and flings Darby into his own wife. Man. Yeah, but then uh, wasn't she, she, she could have been standing close. I mean, she was uh, pacing around out there around the ring. Yeah, but I mean, come on. Aren't most wrestlers always mindful of their manager? My God, your wife? I mean, I don't know, man. For me, it's a little suspect. I think throwing uh, Brandy under the bus for this one makes me kind of like wonder. I don't know. And, and let's look at another thing, okay? Okay. Um, how about the, the beatdown? With uh, where uh, Dustin taking on um, taking on uh, Lance Archer, Cody comes out to the ring. He has the. It's obvious that his brother's not going to get up. He has the towel. Everyone's saying throw the towel in. He doesn't throw the towel in. He lets his brother take a hellacious ass kicking, and then lets him lose. But what if it was a Dustin that didn't want him to throw the towel in? Yeah, but it's your brother. I mean. Uh... I guess I can see some points of that, Elio, but uh, okay, okay. And okay, how about this one? All right. Jake the Snake Roberts, last week's episode. Right. They take, Brandy gets taken down yep. by Britt Baker. She's laying there unconscious in the ring. He pulls a snake out. They, they pretty much have their way with Brandy. And where the hell is, where the hell is Cody? Because Cody was out there earlier. Uh, you can't tell me he didn't look on a monitor and just didn't come out there and see? Well, maybe know, he, maybe he was uh, still somewhere back in the locker room. I believe uh, it was said that he was uh, all the way at the other end of the entrance. But then if none, no one else, like, none of the other faces came out, does that make all the other faces heels? Well, one, okay. But I would like to say all the other faces aren't married to Brandy either. So... I don't know, man. Obviously, uh, what do you think, Elio? Do you think that he is the hero? And then uh, you have uh, tonight, uh, that uh, tonight's uh, opening. I mean, you could tell he was, uh, he was all, he was really mad about all everything that's been going on with Lance Archer. Okay, okay, but uh, so, I'll bring uh, you the point I, there. I, th I, th I think, I don't know, I don't think he's going to be a hero. No. No, okay. I don't see it. You know, you brought up the whole thing with him pulling up with his truck and being all coming in there with Lance Archer, but did you notice he's out there being all macho tooling his truck, and then he drives like 10 feet, knocks over a tiny barrier, and gets out? I don't so, know. He didn't so, see so, all so cold did the same thing. Uh, Stone, I don't know, man. And I think, well, there you go. Stone Cold was not a face. <laughs> no, but he wasn't a heel either. He was, he was the biggest like, bad he was guy like in, in the world. He was in between. I don't believe in in between. You're either good or you're bad. Uh, Stone Cold was a bad guy who fans just love to see beat up other people. Okay? We all have a dark side. And I think uh, the tattoo, I think that's the start of his descent into madness. I mean, that god-awful thing that takes up half his neck. It looks yeah, so well, that, yeah, that, that tattoo is ridiculous. Yeah. I think that was his, his beginning of his descent into madness. And that's what I'm going to say it is. I think the tattoo ink is poisoning his brain, and he's falling deeper into, into some kind of 
psychosis where he believes that he is the American nightmare. Oh, what no. Is that? How are you a, a good guy if you're the so, American so, nightmare? So we'll, we'll queue up Queens. I'm slowly, I'm slightly going mad. That that will bring that will that will be his new ring entrance music. Well, I see you're coming around to my thinking. Yes, that would be a great one for him. That would be. I, I wish you create a video just for him. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think that uh, I just think there's something very unlikable about Cody Rhodes, and very, you know, I, I've met him a couple times, mm -hmm. and he's nice enough, but he always has that kind of air of superiority to him. Like he thinks he's just a little bit better than everybody else, and that, you know, and I just I can't see it. I I don't see him becoming staying a good guy. I don't think he is a good guy, and uh, I think his true colors are going to come out. I think he's just a look at his wife. She came out with the nightmare order, and now we're just all supposed to forget about yeah, that. The nightmare collective. A collective or whatever. So now we're just supposed to forget about that. I don't know, man. And I guess so severely we'll, we'll wrong just here. have to tune in and uh, see what happens. You're right. We're going to have to agree to disagree on this one. Mm -hmm. Folks, you heard our sides of the thing. Elio thinks I'm being just a, maybe a little bit mad myself. <laughs> but I think the crazy one in all of this is Cody Rhodes. But like we said, time will tell. Now, you know what? Before we get into our uh, look at AEW this week, we're actually going to cut away to our first of two interviews that we conducted this week with some pretty cool wrestlers that uh, each of us have uh, become, you know, I, I would say friends with. You know, um, Jagger Lane will be in our second interview coming up. But the first interview I'd like to talk about is Sheik Akbar Shabazz, mm -hmm. who currently competes out in uh, Edmonton, Alberta, in the former Stampede Wrestling area of, with a company called uh, the Prairie Wrestling Alliance. Now, I've known Sheik Akbar Shabazz for oh, about 12 or 13 years now. And over the years, I've seen nothing but a great progression from I actually knew him when he first broke in to the guy today who can who can be probably one of the meanest villains or kind of a swarmy, uh, sleazy, yet pretty likable guy who's going to call you a stupid donkey while he fights for you. <laughs> he can so, be scary. Uh, <laughs> I saw that. I saw him in character there when we did the interview. But other than that, he's probably one of the chillest, coolest guys. And I think that's what yep. gra people gravitate to him is the fact that he, he carries himself with a, a kind of a knowing swagger. You know, he knows what he's good at. He knows the things he does. He knows how to win. He knows how to win the crowd. He knows how to get the crowd mad or get the crowd sad. He's just all around a great, complete wrestler that I, I uh, have enjoyed watching progress. And right now he's at the point where he's one of the top guys in Western Canada and, uh, you know what, let's cut away and listen to that interview right now. Hey folks, welcome to a special edition here on Wrestling POV Global. I'm your host, the legend T. James Logan. Today we're doing in our ongoing series of interviews with wrestlers across the indie world. Today we have a guy wrestling right now, currently out of Western Canada. I'm talking about Sheik Akbar Shabazz. Sheik, welcome to the show. First of all, thank you very much. And I would just like to say, not only am I wrestling out of Western Canada, but I go anywhere for me to, you know, I've been to the States and I've been around, you know, Saskatchewan, which I guess is kind of Western, but, you know, but uh, yeah, thanks for having me, man. Well, you know what? Uh, you really have made a name for yourself in the last little while in Western Canada. The last couple of years have been looking pretty good for you. You've had championships. You've toured a lot of the companies. Um, really a big output of work on you in the last couple of years. Where, where does that stem from? Um, 
Well, pretty much like not as soon as I started, but probably like a year or two after I got into wrestling, I would do a lot of shows. I just never really put it out anywhere. I would drive to like Moose Jaw and Saskatchewan a lot. Um, and I would wrestle wherever I can. But like lately, last, I would say like three, four years, I stepped it up pretty much wrestling every weekend, sometimes two, three matches a weekend. And just, I don't know, it's, you have fun with your friends driving up and down the road, wrestling, meeting new people, meeting new guys in the ring and just, you know, mixing it up with different styles. I just, it's an addiction that you just, you know, you don't want to stop it. Like all you think about is what you could do with this guy, or you want to try some new move. And you think about like building on that move and continuing your arsenal and stuff. And just, you know, you just can't wait to get in front of people and see if they like it, if they hate it, or, you know, for me, like, you know, when I'm a bad guy and then they hate everything I do, like, I'm just loving every minute of it. So, um, well, we're going to get into that aspect of your, your bad guy, good guy personas, because they're actually not that much different. And yet the fans really take to each side, whatever you're portraying, which is kind of unique. Uh, one of the things I wanted to ask you, though, was there any kind of turning point? Because like, I've known you for quite a few years. I've actually gotten probably known you since the beginning of when you started. And really, the last three years, your uh, work rate, your presence, everything about you really jumped to the top of the car you you know you kind of were working your way up you floated for a while in the mid but the last three years you've really exploded on the scene as as a legitimate main eventer and just about anywhere in western canada what was there any particular thing that sparked that was there a decision you made did something happen like what led to that for you breaking out at that moment um i don't know i guess i kind of just started testing like what i could do you know because like everybody gets into that comfort zone and um, I just feel like after a while, I felt like I was getting too stagnant and comfortable with where I was. And, you know, you're not going to go anywhere if you just kind of just like stay in that, that safety boundary, you know. And so I just decided to kind of see if I could do different stuff, different moves. Um, I don't train as like a power guy in the gym or anything, but like, I, I don't know, I guess I have this kind of weird strength about me. So I just thought like maybe I could try and do more power things. Also, um, what it was, I remember like, you know, there was guys like Brett Morgan and Chris Steele and all these big bodied guys. And like, I was a big guy, but I was not, you know, I was a little more slender than those guys and stuff. And it's just kind of Brett Morgan left, uh, Chase Patrick left. He was, you know, a big body guy. And then I just thought like, it would be a perfect position to kind of throw myself into that role as to where there's not many guys, you know, I'm six two and I'm about two twenty five right now. And, um, a lot of the guys are a little shorter, a little more athletic and slender builds. And, you know, I just kind of would get lost in or mixed in the shuffle with those guys. So I just thought like, you know, just hit the gym harder, eat more, train more, be more of an annoying jackass kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> Just make, it so, make it so like people like I throw myself in your face and you just you can't look away or you if you look away you're gonna hear me regardless or something about me is just gonna be in your face and at your attention so well, that's just, another thing I, I really want to touch on is your exploration of your character um, you've really developed quite the character from your humble beginnings you know I've known you for a while um, 
I've always tell people you're one of the coolest, chillest guys that I know. But yet, over the last couple of years, you developed this character, which at first started off maybe somewhat, some people could accuse you of being one note dimensionally being just a bad guy foreigner. But you took that and you didn't really, you started off with it, but you transitioned it into a realistic guy who, you didn't necessarily hate them, hate him for his heritage. You just hated him because he was a, a smug jerk. And uh, what I found very interesting about it is you played that character for quite a while and uh, you're very effective at it. The fans hated you. Yet the moment that it, you came close to being the good guy, the fans stopped on a dime and all of a sudden everyone was your supporter and loving you. How do you why do you think that happens with that psychology? How was it so easy fans to hate you one second love you the next and the truth is you're not really that different of a character than what you've been portraying um i don't know i think like in the beginning like i wanted like in the beginning yeah i was a stereotypical chic middle eastern wrestler i did my like, little shtick so the people would kind of know where i was because like they got that base whatever because i remember mm -hmm. the first match i had as the chic I came out with my singlet and whatever, and I invited a guy from high school. And he came and he he watched me. Uh, this was a couple matches into like being the sheik, and um, he looked at me and he's like, "Oh man, he's like, that's cool. You got like an Egyptian gimmick." And I was like, "Uh, no, like that's not what I was going for, right?" So, in my mind, like he didn't know what I was going for, but like he knew who I am because like I went to school with him. Mm -hmm. But so I was wondering, like, how would that relate to the fans? Because, like, they have no idea who I am. They just see bald guy who just, you know, whatever is annoying, says whatever. So I just thought, like, if I went more stereotypical Middle Eastern chic type thing, they would know who I am. And then, you know, as you evolve and you can go, you could build on it. And I could go as high up or down as I wanted with the gimmicks. But, like, as long as they knew what I was. So... I decided to, you know, I started off with just the singlet and I was like, okay, like what, what is the most annoying thing that people do? You know what I mean? So I love to people watch at the malls and in public and you watch movies and you have like douchey people that throw their money in your face or wear flashy clothes. And they're always like loud and obnoxious and they think they're the greatest thing in the life of the party. But like, secretly like you know they're living in this fantasy world and people are just talking behind their back about how much of an idiot this guy is or whatever so i just thought like you know what like i'll just take that and throw every annoying stereotype i can and just like put it in your face and you know that's why i i bedazzled my wrestling boots i got a big douchey uh rope and i had like a manager and i just kept going more and more and more because like eventually i started thinking like every like i wanted to think of every aspect i could to annoy you even before i came out so from my music which was perfect because like as soon as my music hit people were booing me you know and then from finish and like even if like i'm not the best wrestler on the card even if i didn't do the most flashiest thing in the ring i wanted people to be like man like that was a great show like say like uh the main event was wicked but man that sheep guy like what an idiot you know like where did he come from kind of thing you know so, mm -hmm. and then just it was funny because like what started happening was people would be like oh my god you got to check out this guy that i went to a wrestling show he was like the most noxious jackass you'll ever meet or whatever and he would show their friends 
and their friends would end up knowing me and they're like oh yeah that's like you know my real name's Nizar like yeah that's Nizar he's like a really cool dude but whatever but I heard him wrestling like he's a totally different guy which is you know um just it was funny how like you know one guy hears about you and then like how we're traveling and then just as them liking me I just think like if a guy entertains you enough and you could tell that he's not being selfish and just tries to genuinely like take you through that emotional roller coaster or whatever you end up just liking him and you can't wait to see that guy mm-hmm. <clears throat> i think like the people were just so entertained by me and because there was a lot of times where i was going against a very popular face and the cloud crowd was split and they like they loved to see me they loved to hate me but then like after the matches or after the show you see a lot of them they'd be like man you are amazing in there. Like, I just, I can't wait until you become a good guy. Like, it's just going to be so much fun and just to see a different aspect of you. And I think they were just like, hated me because like I was the bad guy and that was kind of like their, their role as the crowd. Mm-hmm. But to turn into like a face, become a good guy, like they just, they couldn't wait for it. And as soon as it happened, like they were, you know, it was, I think it was a little bit of a slow start, but once they got behind me, like, they were all into it. So. Well, I think one of the things uh, I've noticed from uh, interacting with you personally at shows and that is you portray that character. Let's go back to even the days of you being the, the hated heel. And uh, you always carried about you a few things. The one thing was uh, the humbleness that you treated with fans afterwards. You were never a jerk to fans. Like uh, there are still wrestlers, good guys, bad guys at shows who you might run into later and they just act like, you know, you're a piece of crap no matter what their character is. Yeah. You always took the time to like just genuinely be nice to people, and it seemed to really, it seemed to win people over to the fact of them saying he's the bad guy. I'm going to cheer him because he's boo him because he's the bad guy. But I like this guy. Yeah, and that yeah. seemed to build on that. Um, another thing I noticed is you also have this ability, which some people do not have, is you have a thick enough skin that you're willing to be the butt of jokes at times in wrestling programs. And I think back to the time uh, you did a a thing where you, you kept calling people's donkeys asses and you were going to unveil a t-shirt that, and you guys actually had made a t-shirt of you, but instead of the, the great proclaiming t-shirt, it was a picture of you and a donkey's ass and it actually sold. And, but you had, you had, uh, you had the thick skin enough to be able to laugh about that and make that part of your thing. And I think, that has been a kind of a key factor. Now, now folks, I'm, one, I'm, gonna ask, uh, I'm gonna ask Sheik here to do something, um, just so you get an idea, because you're hearing the guy now, but you're wondering how bad could this guy be? So I'm gonna give him, as I'm talking, uh, Akbar Shabazz, I want you to recount the days of the bad, Sheik, and we're gonna cut a promo in the old Sheik Akbar Shabazz, circa two or three years ago, angry at the fans and getting ready to wrestle whoever you pick out of the past. Cut us a promo and show us how much of a jerk old Sheik Akbar Shabazz could be. Uh, okay. Um, oh boy. All right. Well, this was actually Richie Rage was my one of my biggest uh, foes. So this is I'll cut one on him because I always do. <laughs> so <clears throat> except I'm not gonna do the accent though. Oh, come on! Give us the full spiel. We gotta hear the full spiel. It's been a while, but okay. First. All you PWA donkeys, you sit and you talk about the Sheik and how he is no good. Well, let me ask you one question. 
Every time I step in the ring with Richie Rage, who is the winner? Shikak Bar Shabazz. Every time I walk out there, you say, boo, Sheik, you suck, you this, you that. Why do you come to pay to see the Sheik do what he does best, huh? Because you know I am the hero your children look for. I am the guidance that you need because your miserable little lives mean nothing unless you are staring at me. Everybody wants to be with the Sheik. Everybody wants to be my friend. But in the end, you people can't handle me. That is why your women, they chase after me. Why you cry in your rooms. Why your children say, Daddy, why can't you be like the Sheik? Well, the first thing you need to realize is I was born of the richest blood. And you were born like the donkey in the barn, in the dirt, with all your donkey-faced women. All the, all the people, they know that Shikak Bar Shabazz is the only thing that stays true in this world because I am the truth and I will be your champion. And Richie Rage, a win over you is like me winning over all of these Canadian people. You tell yourself you got the muscles, you got the tattoos, you're like the American muscle car. Well, that's cute. You wanna know why you don't see tattoos on the Sheik? because you don't put the bumper sticker on the Bentley. See you later. Excellent, excellent. Man, now here's a funny thing. This is kind of going into the, the psyche, okay? Now, I, I know you. You're not that guy that we just talked about. Is it hard to click into that character? I mean, obviously, uh, portraying such a ramped up character, did it take a while to get into the spirit of keeping it serious? Or was it intimidating or scary? Like. What was that like, becoming chic in that kind of style? Um, I don't know. It's kind of, it's not hard, but it's just, like, it's easy. Because, like, like I, honestly, like, I see Richie Rage, like, every day. Like, the guy's, like, my best friend, you know what I mean? So, um, and, like, I cut promos on him all day long. And it's just fun because, like, I do it like that, you know what I mean? It's just, yeah. like, it's, like, you know, like, I'm a nice guy, but, like, there's something inside me that just loves to be bad and just do stupid things, whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it, I don't know. I find it pretty easy. Like I like to just talk shit mm -hmm. because like I can, and it's not like, like I'm not going to say something hurtful. Like I wish your mother would die or whatever, you know? Oh, but, <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I don't know. Like it's just pretty much like I put on the, I put on my tights and the sheep comes out and it's just, it's easy, right? Cause like, even though it's my face and it's my body, I still give the sheik a face and a different, like, you know, he's just like somebody else. And it's just, it's easy for me to turn it on and off because like, well, I mean, at the end of the day, the sheik, I take my, my tights off and she goes back in the trunk of my car and you know, it's just, Nobody is going to pay to see me, you know what I mean? Because I'm, despite like what you see in the ring, like I'm super laid back. I really don't care much about much of anything, you know? I love to eat and I just, I like wrestling. It's just, so I have to become somebody else because it's not going to be like, I'm not going to come out as a bad guy and be like, yeah, I mean, I'm going to beat this guy up and whatever. I mean, that's if I have to. I'd rather hang out and just eat ice cream and watch movies. I you think know. Orange Cassidy has that character. Well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> but, 
at the same time, like people aren't going to come see and be like, yeah, I, I can beat this guy. Just sit and watch folks. Here we go. You know? Yeah. Okay. So the last question I'm going to ask about the chic here is this, is it funner for you to be the good guy or the bad guy, which is a little more enjoyable? It's funner for me to be the bad guy because it feels more natural. Mm -hmm. And I just, I like being the bad guy because I feel like a lot of guys are not like, I like, I like like old school wrestling kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I, I don't mind. Like, like I do like what's happening now, the new style yeah. and stuff. I just don't like the way, like, I feel like bad guys should be bad guys. Good guys should be good. You know, I don't like, unless you're Scott Hall, you're not the cool bad guy, you know, mm -hmm. and just like, just I feel like if you're the bad guy be the bad guy like I set myself up for jokes I try to make it like to get egg on my face and you know whether I'm winning or losing it's my job as a bad guy to get the good guy over and to like make people want to come back because people aren't going to be like well look at this loser you know what I mean like this mm -hmm. uh, this you know, the sheet's going to beat up this guy. Like, why would I want to cheer for him? Kind of thing. Like, if I'm trying to be cool, like, I'm not doing my job right. Me, personally. Like, right. don't respect to other people that, like, think otherwise. Because, you know, like, obviously wrestling is subjective. And you just, you like what you like and you do what you do. Mm -hmm. But I just, I just feel like, you know, like, I like being the bad guy. I love whatever. Just being rotten and as annoying and as douchey as I can. Because... I want kids to yell in my face and old ladies to swear at me and swing their cane. And I want parents to tell the kids that I'm going to get my ass kicked and whatever. And then, you know, if the good guy comes out and he beats me good, you know, good for those fans. They, they got what they wanted. Mm -hmm. But if he comes out and I beat him and I see the disappointment on people's face, like I'm going to love it and I'm going to rub it in your face. And I'm gonna, you know, and like I feel terrible when it happens, but like I've made a lot of kids cry. But like, you know, it, it's it's part of the show. And mm -hmm. like a lot of the times, you know, like when that kid comes back and I see them, I'll go right to that kid and I can see how scared they are. And then they're the first person I look at when I lose. You know what I mean? Because yeah. they're cheering like their hero just beat the evil villain and whatever. You know, and, you know, any way that I can just entertain people and take their mind off things like you know i'll do it like it's just for me it, like here's it, like it don't it's just whatever i don't know i i don't think anybody likes waking up early to go to work and I know how cheap people can be and the fact that they will come on saturday nights to spend their money when you know like nobody wants to spend money nobody whatever they'll come and they'll spend their money to watch me who like who am i you know what i mean like mm -hmm. yeah i'm the sheik but i mean out here like in my mind i'm just my name is nizar watchla you know i'm a small town lebanese guy and just to have people come and watch me i think that's just amazing because it's just you know like i don't know i i guarantee you i probably wouldn't do it you know mm -hmm. if i was and i just i don't want to let those people down mm -hmm. and, I want, and if i can entertain them for the you know two three hours you know they're at the show then i'll do i'll go above or beyond you know the energy yeah. 
Well, you know what, fans? One of the main reasons that I was, when we started doing this series of picking up uh, wrestlers uh, and putting spotlights on, one of the reasons that uh, Sheik Akbar Shavaz won the first people we did is he's one of the guys that I know that if somehow somebody took my word and hired him somewhere else to, to do a show, I knew 100% that they were getting a great show and effort out of him. I knew here was a guy who was going to go in, entertain the crowds, be easy to work with, good to talk to, and just a good all-around all ambassador to what this sport can be about. So I want to thank you for that. You, it's always been a pleasure dealing with you in that sense. And uh, folks, I just want to, I, I want actually, Nazar, I want you to throw out all of your, uh, all your social media things where people can see you, find you, book you by all means. Uh, I want to see this guy wrestling even more than just Western Canada because like I said, I know with him, he's a legitimate main eventer who will really put on a heck of a show with whoever he works with. Thanks, man. Um, yeah, you can get a hold of me on Facebook. My name is Nizar Watfa. That's N-I-Z-A-R-W-A-T-F-A. -A um, Instagram is Sheik Shabazz, which is S-H- E-I-K-S-H-A-B-A-Z. And I think on Twitter, it's The Sheik Akbar, which is T-H-E-S-H-E-I-K-A-K-A-B-A-M. And yeah, or I guess, yeah, you could even just email me if you want to that. N-I-Z-A-R-B, as in Bob, W-A-T-F-A at email.com. And yeah, like, I mean, like you said, like, I don't like to go to places to create trouble or like be a headache, you know, because I feel like, you know, like I'm an ambassador of PWA wrestling. If I go somewhere, I don't want people to think like, well, like don't take those PWA guys because, you know, the last one that came was a bunch of trouble, whatever. I want people to see like, I'm this good. There is guys that are better than me. Some people are, they might not be better, but they're more entertaining or just whatever it is, you know. So it's just, you know, if I'll always do my best. Even if I think, like, it's the wrong thing to do in the ring or it just doesn't make sense, I'll make it the best I can. And, you know, so, like, it's always going to be my job. I try to add to a show. And I've never had somebody bring me to a show where they didn't want to bring me back. So, because I got the... You know, I get the fans either extremely happy or extremely angry. So, you know. Excellent. Sounds like somebody's doing their work right. Well, uh, Akbar Shabazz or Nazar Watford, thank you for coming on the show. Um, I, I'm glad we got this opportunity to get people to know you a bit out there. And like I said, folks, check out all of his, uh, all the uh, social media things that he pointed out there. I'm sure there's stuff also on YouTube you could look up on for PWA Wrestling or Sheik Akbar Shabazz and find uh, some of these things. Uh, we wish you the best of luck. I know this COVID thing's throwing everybody out for a bit of a loop, but uh, we're looking forward to seeing you again in the ring. And we just want to say thank you. Any last thing you want to throw to the fans? Uh, no, well, no, just, you know what? Like everybody's kind of just, I hope people take the time to just treat people better after all this. And just, you know, like we're always so busy wrapped up in our own worlds. And I feel like now people are finally able to like enjoy their friends and their family and see what actually matters in life. And just, you know, having a lot of time to think and whatever, I just want to say like, nobody makes it to the end of life alive, you know? So don't be afraid, just chase your dreams. You know, like I, this, like I do, my friends do. I mean, the worst thing you could do is just go out and fail, 
you know, but at least you'll know and you'll never know what you find when you try. So it's just, don't ever be afraid to play, you know, color outside the lines and whatever, because you live on safe mode and just life's pretty boring. Well, <laughs> there you go. That was, that was pretty fun. That uh, was fun. You know what? Uh, while we're here, you know what, fans, we talked about you having a chance to air your grievances, air your opinions, air your points of view. Um, there are places that you can do that right here on the good old rusty interweb. And uh, Elliot, why don't you tell the people all the places they can contact this show and the different various uh, all right. platforms. So you can uh, write into us at Wrestling POV Podcast on Facebook, Wrestling POV One on Instagram, and Wrestling POV on Twitter. Excellent. And you know what? Uh, we belong to a now a series of shows. Mm-hmm. You know? We were the second to join the network, and now there's a third. Uh, we, uh, as you know, as WPOV Global, we are the show that covers all non-big WWE-related uh, uh, things out there, except we do cover one show. We, the WWE does. We do cover NXT UK. Which I'm um, sad about because there are no new episodes. Yes, yes. I'm very sad myself. Our show, has, this is why we're doing actually more a bit of a series of interviews to give you guys with a, mm-hmm. such little amount of wrestling out there as we wade through what little wrestling we can find. We also thought we'd throw in some fun things, get a chance to meet some cool people. Um, yeah, NXT is pretty fun. Uh, we also... See, we're the sister, sh- well, we guess we're one of the sisters now. We were the sister show of the original show, which was WPOV Wrestling. And that's uh, a show with Tony Diaz, uh, Rick Serrano III, Mimi Goody, and Miguel Cole, as the four of them cover various points of view, uh, all about WWE. They cover, you know, SmackDown, Raw, and NXT. And lately, they've been like, a, taking a little bit of a look at AEW and having a little bit of a what do they call it? The Mon- uh, the Thursday night. The when, when Wednesday, Wednesday night, night the lights. Yeah, when Thursday. What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> Wednesday night the light. No, but anyhow, uh, yes, the Thursday night delight, and that is of course the competition between AEW and NXT, and it's sort of funny because a lot of the times that we vote on our shows, you can see the difference in what we cover and what we value and look at is vastly different. The guys that uh, who cover the uh, WWE, uh, they're very much into the entertainment straight up. Um, you know, sometimes it, it, it's so weird because they'll talk about how they love the storylines and how they love uh, the setups the same week that we'll complain that there's not enough good wrestling. And then they'll talk about how they have the good wrestling and we'll complain that there's not enough setups. So who knows? We'll try and get on page. <laughs> but it doesn't sound to always work. I mean, last week it worked. You know, all of us voted... Uh, NXT UK or sorry NXT this yep. week I don't know you know it was an interesting show in AEW so let's let's take a look where that's going to go this week um, um, but you know we also have a third show and it's our MMA fight show and uh, it also is on this network and if you're wondering where you can hear other platforms you can find us on uh, Spotify iTunes uh, Podbean and iHeartRadio mm-hmm. uh, and of course here on Facebook so there's very different platforms. You can look at all of our shows. Subscribe. Hit that like. Subscribe. Help us uh, to be bigger. The bigger we are, the more time, the more content we can give you. Now, let's take a look at this week's AEW uh, Dynamite. Dynamite! All right. right. Now, <laughs> first of all, let's talk about some of the the, the highlights. What were some of the highlights? Uh um, I'm gonna, we'll go back and forth and, and discuss them. My first biggest highlight, being a Canadian fan from Western Canada, was 
Chris Jericho referencing an Ed Whalen saying, yep. and uh, Jim Ross picking it up. Yep. And saying, hey, that was an Ed Whalen saying. I yes, picked that up right away when he said, uh, in the meantime, in the between time. Between time. Like, yes. Hey, Pro Wrestling Plus and Whalen. Oh my goodness, that was straight out of Stampede Wrestling Pro Wrestling yeah. Plus stuff. Yeah. Uh, big props. Uh, Ed Whalen was, in, in my opinion, I, I know people across the world may not have got a chance to ever be experiencing. I consider him the greatest uh, commentator in all of wrestling. Mm -hmm. He just had a way of, of, uh, of a seriousness and a, and a wit about him that just especially nobody with, else had. Especially when he called matches, so one hell of a ring that ding dong dandy. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just had a way of, of bringing uh, silly catchphrases, but not sounding stupid. Yep. Like you never felt like that they were stupid silly. You just thought he was having fun silly and, and sharing the joke with you. And yep. I think that's a pretty effective thing. So for me, one of the first things definitely stood out was uh, that callback to, to Ed Whalen. Um, going to say that the most impressive match for me tonight, very much enjoyed the women's. What a tremendous match. And my God, what happened to Britt Baker? She went from being unwatchable to match. She was she was on her game yeah. tonight. I, 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 I'm liking this, this version of Britt Baker. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like, I don't know, it's like she woke up to what she should be doing. Mm -hmm. I mean, in this match, she goes after uh, Haruda. Is that her name? Yeah, I always Hikaru get her name. Shida. 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 She, okay. She goes after Hikaru because she wants revenge for her, her breaking her nose. And right. man, it was so realistic and so well done. She took every opportunity to attack her, every opportunity to, to just try and, and bend her dominance on her. And it was exciting. And she even took it at the end. She, she got herself so worked up. She took herself out of the match trying to hurt Statlander. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, Cora, she looked pretty good here. I'm going to give her that. She looked very good. Statlander looked pretty good too, except she took a nasty poison rana. I mean, it almost looked like she just about broke her neck. Take, and that's I don't know why people do that move. It looks like such a scary, dangerous move. Now, what you think of Higurashita's promo? Oh my god. Okay, let's let's just finish the thing in the match, and we'll get to okay. the promo. All right. Okay. Um, the um, the the fourth person in the match. I'm sorry, I'm still not seeing it. Penelope, Penelope Ford is is not a good wrestler. She should not be in the top five contention. Uh, so she, slow. She, she's a manager. It's yeah. like she she fits more of that managerial role. I, I basically think her only uh, role in this match was to eat the pin, you know, so that no one else would look weak. Mm. Statlander, well, it was nice that they mentioned she was the number two contender. They haven't talked about her. You know, she's won tons of matches. They, they leave her out of all the packages. They leave her out of everything. This so is nice why AEW writers are going to have to go into book one day just for ignoring Chris Statlander continuously. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now, you brought up something interesting. Uh, the interview later was terrible but funny. Okay? Watching uh, Hickory go through and talk the worst spoken English. Yeah, Looks so she looked so lost trying to explain which you know it took yep. her five minutes to tell a three second story. It was it was bad. It was bad. However, Nyla Rose saying, <laughs> I have something for you. Whacking her on the head said, there's a candlestick bitch. And it's I could tell she was only something behind her back. I'm like, oh she's gonna whack you know. Oh but it, even when it, yeah, you knew she had something, but even when she did it, it just caught you by surprise and made you laugh. Uh, I think that's the funnest thing I've seen Nyla Rose do yet. And uh, it was funny. 
it was funny. But that interview before that, painful. <laughs> so yeah. painful, I'm almost venturing to say that Rose uh, gave her a good whooping because she deserved it. <laughs> um, uh, other stuff in there, um, the best friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chucky e. T's getting a little better. I'm starting to like him a little more. Oh, no. Uh, this you match was dark side. No, this match was okay, but um, too much weird stuff happening at the end. Yeah, I, I do have that as my highlight, but like you just said, the ending was just weird. I mean, having both sides get somebody taken out, yeah, just seemed very unbalanced. I mean, uh, uh, and it made no sense. Like, um, Ray Phoenix takes out uh, Orange Cassidy. Yeah, Orange Cassidy is only one guy in a whole bunch of guys in this match who they might not even get a chance to face each other so that seemed kind of dumb uh mjf i get that he's kind of a dick he goes in there and takes out jungle boy um Mm -hmm. the one thing that took that made this match not so good was uh wardlow uh now as at any other time i don't mind him grabbing marco stunt and whacking him into the thing but did not luchasaurus look like the biggest wuss in the world your your friend just gets (laughs) sucker punched and smacked and the guy's standing there, and oh, you're man. just as big as he is, but you don't even try and face him. Terrible. You just kind of hold back because your buddy, man, he just looked like such a wuss there. All my respect for Luchasaurus kind of made me go down yeah. a lot. I was just like, really, guy? He, he, that was he, my he buddy? Keeps it, he keeps it up. You know what's going to happen. Oh, my goodness. It just it looked bad. It looked bad for him doing that. Yeah. Um, any other matches you really liked in there? The MJF match was throwaway garbage. I didn't, um, okay, the other one they have is like Daniels and Lee, but it was it wasn't like standout, like it was just okay. Yeah, it was just sort of there. Um yeah. you know what? Uh the ending once again the ending was very unsatisfying. John Moxley makes his way down, uh takes out two guys and then you know, Brody yeah, just sort of was walks he, away. Was he for the whole night? So because he shows up earlier in the night, but then you don't see him for the rest of the show until the end. Yeah, yet how is it that um, uh, Cody Rhodes in the beginning of the show drove in and it was like pretty much a lot of light out, and then like you know, less than a half an hour later they cut to uh, to to John Moxley and it's almost dark. <laughs> 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 That's some bad continuity editing, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get on that crap because that looked like garbage. Um, yeah, there were little things in there. Um, just trying to go over. Is there anything else that pops in your mind that you really, uh, like, that you really like about the show? That's that's all the uh, highlights I have. Really. What do you got for lowlights? You know what, lowlights. <clears throat> okay, this one is gonna be a, like a highlight and a lowlight for me yep. because a highlight at the Lance Archer Cody Rhodes brawl because highlight because it brought. It had that nostalgic feeling of like the early WCW Nitro was from like '96, but then the low light because like they were brawling all around rings and and you just hear Jake Jake on the microphone in the background like and like it was just distracting. I didn't mind that, but I thought it was a whole bunch of nothing. Yeah, a lot of fists throwing, a lot of things, but nobody. They just decide to walk away at the end. Mm-hmm. Cody is so passionate and mad that he drives a truck into the place. But then when they start to walk away, he decides that he's just going to stand there and pose. Like, that's the kind of logic that doesn't work at all. You know, it just makes people look bad. Um, so that's uh, my little, um, I'm not sure about that. Well, the Jake promo, we can't really call it a promo because it was uh, so short. Yeah. 
two things we should probably cover really quick. People were all looking forward to Pineapple Pete versus Chris Jericho. <laughs> oh, that, 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 that was a squash match. Yeah, that turned out to be a whole lot of nothing. Judas <laughs> effect, and that's it. Yeah, one move and he takes all the Pineapple Pete. Okay, wait, what uh, about uh, Omega and uh, Hardy? Now, I have okay, I want to, to talk this. about that match just because of uh, Ortiz. Oh, okay. Once you get back to the crappy uh, nails and tiger oh, and just oh, hamming it up crap. Uh, the funniest, one of the funniest lines tonight was, uh, I think it was maybe Tony Schiavone who said, uh, or, I remember Jim Ross, one of the two of them said, it's obvious that Ortiz is tough because no other man could get away dressing like that. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I, have something, a point. I have something to say about uh, Matt Hardy though. Yeah. Now, with all this COVID-19 crap going on, yeah, what's with biting the ear, that, the, the guy's ear? Yeah, that was a little bit weird, eh? <laughs> a little excessive. Yeah. Well, of course, no. we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the idiotic ending of Vanguard 1. Oh, my Lord. Oh, with Vanguard? When they, oh. Vanguard got destroyed. But yeah. What, what, what's, this, uh, what's this? What's uh, this? Stadium Stampede match. Oh, yeah. So I guess this is just a big five-way. I don't know. They're, he tried to explain it, yet it came off more confusing as to what they're actually going to do. So I guess we're just going to have to put a, put a pin in that one and see what actually happens. Okay. Uh, overall, um, I did notice something weird about the crowd. Um, they didn't mic the crowd this time. So the crowd came off kind of flat. Mm-hmm. You know, the only time they made any noise that was registrable was when um, when Moxley came out of the thing. Um, all in all, I'm going to say that this was an okay show, sort of middle of the road. Um, I'm going to give it a, uh, not even a B minus. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with a C. It was just, okay. I, I, I was watching this and just felt, the whole show just felt flat. I'm starting to wonder too if we're starting to get to the point where all these kind of limited amount of people in both NXT and AEW, if we're just, you know, we're just kind of sick of it. Well, NXT's got uh, no one in the in the acting as the audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, though, I meant like, I just wondering if we're getting sick of the whole presentation of this kind oh, of yeah. right now. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. You know, maybe maybe six months ago this would have been an okay thing. Mm-hmm. But maybe we just now know. it's just the same thing week after week after week. Yeah. So yeah, that that's gonna have to be our our, uh, our numbers for this week. Now, before we go into uh, MLW, uh, let's go to our second interview. Okay. Okay. And I want you to open up, Ellie. This is a, a friend of yours that you've <laughs> met over the couple of years. You got interviewed him years ago, and uh, this is sort of return. Uh, tell us a bit about Jagger Lane. All right. So Jagger Lane, I we I first met Sky back in two thousand thirteen. So I've done it for quite a while. Um, had him on on a past show like three years ago. Or so he is out of a wrestler out of Salt Lake City, Utah. He's competed for the war promotion that they have there, as well as Hulk Hogan's Micro Championship Wrestling. And just to be clear, he's if people are tuning in right now, he is not a midget. Mike, he was one of the guys. <laughs> He's not a bit, no. Yeah, although um, and uh, we, we, a couple of the trainers uh, that work there actually, one of them is uh, Pat Tanaka of the Orient Express. 
Oh yeah, back old AWA days. Yep, so he's worked with Pat Tanaka as well. Okay, well, uh, let's, let's cut to that interview and uh, let's hear a bit from Jagger Lane. All right. Hey, global folks, welcome back. This is your host, Legend T. James Logan. Have another opportunity to talk to another standout indie star somewhere in North America. Today, we're talking with Jagger Lane. Jagger, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. My name is Jagger Lane. I'm a professional wrestler from Salt Lake City, Utah. I traveled to California. I wrestled for a promotion called V6. I'm literally been doing this for over the last 13 years, 14, give or take, and been on the road with a lot of major top names. I mean, going out there nonstop, traveled with uh, Hulk Hogan's Micro Championship Wrestling with a man called Johnny G from WCW, which was Johnny Attitude, and pretty much learned the ropes from him and Pat Tanaka. Excellent, excellent. Now, Jagger, uh, I always like to start off, guys, uh, what got you interested in this whole wrestling business? I mean, uh, how did you get, what, what, what's, what was your first exposure to it? And what made you decide, yes, that's the kind of thing I want to do for my life? Um, since I was a little kid, I've been watching it with my dad. He put me in front of the TV and I just got hooked. My first match was watching Shawn Michaels on there with uh, Mr. Perfect. And when I saw that, I just like was hooked because those two guys, Put on one excellent performance. Excellent. And and what appealed it to you? Was it the theatrics? Was it the physicality? Uh, the storylines? I know some people say it's like a soap opera. Other people say it's a hardcore sport. What, what, what is it about you that appeals to wrestling that got you started? It was just how they were like doing everything. I was like, man, I wonder if I could do that. And then I kept on telling people I want to be a wrestler and they're like laughing at me, telling me, oh, that will never happen. You'll never succeed in this business. You'll never make it. Those guys are like athletes. You're not an athlete. You're just a chubby kid. You know, you'll never succeed. Well, go figure. My dad actually lost his house and put it up for lease and paid the whole tuition so I could be a professional wrestler. And I got started with a guy named Steve Gatorwolf, God rest his soul. And ever since then, it took off. Oh, that's good. Wow, that's awesome. Like, so what was your, your, your introduction into the wrestling world? You said you had to pay a tuition. So obviously you found a school. Um, I found a school by a guy named Steve Gitterwolf. I paid over $3,000 just to learn um, the ropes, just to learn the basics and everything like that. And from there, I just started going to promotion after promotion after learning little by little. And from there, it just picked up. Now, uh, and then, uh, you go ahead. Sorry. And then I just started doing social media, learning more about social media. And then that's when Johnny Attitude from WCW contacted me. We started making a good connection. And then he offered me a job to go work with Hulk Hogan's Micro Championship Wrestling. And I traveled with them for a long time, over four years before he passed away. And did a lot of stuff with Pat Tanaka and Midget's from every midget promotion out there and then shows with top name guys, you know, my first ever show was with John Cena wow. um, when he was a prototype and Navajo warrior, which uh, does a lot of stuff uh, for WWE right now as uh, the production for uh, video games and stuff. Okay. Okay. So you, 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 you went the, at least you went the legitimate route of training. Yeah. You, uh, 
you, you started going to other promotions and learning stuff. Um, was it a was it what you expected, first of all, when you started to actually start training and you, you had to change your diet and work out and a lot? Was that a big shock to you? Was it you thought that was going to come? Uh, how was that to change your lifestyle? I know a lot of people have a hard time changing lifestyles to an athletic lifestyle. It was very difficult because you learn different aspects. I mean, you can go to a gym and work out all day. But when you get the chance to go in a wrestling ring and you're running ropes three times, four times, getting those ropes for a minute, man, that cardio just hits. I mean, it's completely different feeling from any other workout in your life. It puts a toll on your body. Mm-hmm. Now, um, so now you, you've been here for 13 years. You, you, let's talk a bit. First of all, you mentioned uh, Hulk Hogan's micro wrestling. So yeah, that was, Hulk Hogan's micro championship wrestling. Okay. So tell me a bit, what was it like to be, to be involved in that aspect? I mean, uh, what, what kind of things did you have to do besides just wrestle? I mean, obviously it's a, a program they were trying to do. Uh, what, what was it like being a part of that sort of uh, production? That was the most amazing experience of my life. I mean, I was traveling from city to city, just learning things back and forth, getting advice from big names, learning different aspects about the business, learning who to appreciate in the business, what to appreciate, and never take the business for granted. And don't ever treat anybody like a rookie or a vet because we're all treated equally the same. And always be willing to teach everybody, no matter who they are, even if they have no experience, teach mm -hmm. them what you can because we're a family. And that's one thing that a lot of people in this business have lost and seen that because they're in it for themselves. And when they stop being in it for themselves and start treating it as a family the way that it used to be, they'll learn and appreciate it a lot more. Well, that's a great uh, that's a great point. It does seem like wrestling is basically generated around the fact that you are your own salesman, you are your own producer, publisher, worker, and uh, it does make it hard for people to go into bigger companies because how are you? You know, I mean, basically, I guess the best way to say this, fans, is this: is wrestling has always been a hundred percent a two man sport. One guy cannot go out there and just do this by himself and have a guy stand there and take it or whatever. It's a very cooperative sport, which includes at many times putting each other's safety and health in the other guy's hands because there's a lot of dangerous stuff going out there. And if you don't have that guy watching for you, pretty e easy to break a neck jumping off the top rope. So have you found now that that uh, and, and maybe, you know, I, I'm not trying to dig too hard to get into dirt here or anything like that, but have you yeah. found... Have you found as you're going to lots of indie promotions these days that that spirit of cooperation is not so much there between other wrestlers or is it just as a whole in a company that maybe it's not the, the family it thing? It really but. depends on where you're at because a lot of them, like D6 in uh, California is a family mm -hmm. and uh, War Utah is a family, UCW Zero is a family. There's a lot of them that are still families, but there's a lot of them that just take it out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And then there's a lot of workers that just care about themselves that will be shady and try to ruin you any way possible because it is a very crooked business. Mm -hmm. If they want to find a way to take you out, they're going to take you out. Well, Whether that, it's lying or not lying, you know, there's yeah. so many different aspects out there about professional wrestling. And there's so many different workers out there 
thinking they know it all when they don't, because we're all learning about the business on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And one thing that they all should do is still continue to learn and not think that they know the business and think that they know advice. Because I've had rookies that didn't know nothing, and they taught me stuff that I didn't even know. Well, yeah, so, I, I mean, mean, you should literally just get advice from everybody around you, and then you'll learn. Okay, yeah, well, I, if anything, wrestling has proven to be an ever-evolving sport. Uh, in every 20-year increments, uh, the entire landscape and style changes very dramatically. And uh, being an old guy and seeing at least two or three of those changes, I, I've, seen, uh, I've seen wrestling today be so much different than it was yesterday, and people... Unfortunately, I have seen also wrestlers of every generation hearken to a different generation. So <laughs> I guess that's just human nature of, of wanting what we don't have anymore. But uh, I like that idea of uh, the, the family concept because I, I too have uh, I've dealt with companies that uh, are very family feel. Sure, there's no mom and pop in there, but everyone treats each other like their family. And, uh, and it's good to, to know that, that that's still to alive. Point. To a point, yes. There's always going to be egos. I mean, there has to be. I mean, uh, if you're going yeah. to wear tights and go into a ring by yourself, you need some kind of ego to prop you up. Now, one of the things I'm wondering about, you say you're from Salt Lake City, Utah. Are, are you still uh, living there? Yeah, I'm still currently living here at the moment because my okay. son has a rare disease called Darvey syndrome. So oh. um, pretty much all the doctors take care of his epilepsy and seizures and stuff like that right now. So, but when the time hits, uh, I've been offered to move to Florida several times and have bigger opportunities out there. Now, the reason I brought up your geographical area was, uh, simply put, we were finding a lot with certain wrestlers uh, that no matter how good they are geographically, it can hinder them if they're not in certain areas where they could be like, get a phone call, like, boom, we need you tonight, right? So I was just wondering if in Salt Lake City, uh, is it a tough geographical place for an independent wrestler? I mean, do you have to travel a lot further or do you can still pick up a rather a large amount of work without having to still pick up a bunch of work? I mean, there's uh, Vegas, there's Idaho, mm -hmm. there's California, there's Washington. And when WWE rolls out here and all elite wrestling, they always use uh, UCW zero because they're the top rank out here. Well, that's excellent. Okay. So now um, I want to ask a question. I, I noticed uh, a posting you had on uh, Facebook a little while ago about Impact Wrestling okay. and a picture of you and a, and a thank you. Uh, <laughs> explain what that was a little bit about. Oh, man. So a buddy of mine told me to go try out for Impact Wrestling. I thought it was a joke. I was mm -hmm. like, I'd never get the opportunity. Well, I ended up trying out for uh, Impact Wrestling and I got told that Everything was great. The only thing I didn't do was wow them. Mm -hmm. And they offered me the chance to come back. But the time that I was going to come back, my son ended up in the hospital for a week. So mm. I ended up choosing family before, yeah. you know, career. And I mean, in this business, family comes first. If you ever get a chance to interview a guy by the name of Gabe Tuff, which mm -hmm. is Tyler Reck from WWF years mm -hmm. ago he will give you some amazing advice and tell you family always comes first. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. So now what does the future hopefully hold for Jagger Lane? 
where is it you want to be going and what's it you want to be seeing in this world of professional wrestling? I just want to wrestle in Mexico. I mean, everybody wants to go to WWE, Ali, all this. I just want to get the opportunity to wrestle in Mexico, change the character up, show a little bit of Lucha with a little bit of Samoan, because I'm not many people know this. I'm half Polynesian and half Mexican. Okay. So I want to throw I want to throw the concept of Polynesian and Mexican combined and do something that the world has never ever seen. Wow. But I want now, to do that in Mexico. Yeah. And is there a particular promotion in Mexico or just anywhere in Mexico? Anywhere in Mexico mm -hmm. that I get the opportunity of. I mean, I'm still working, trying to get connections out there. I have a buddy that works out there that mm -hmm. was trying to get me on. He said that he was going to get me out there. And then this whole coronavirus started, so we couldn't really do anything after that. True that, true that. So um, I, one question I wanted to ask too is the name Jagger Lane, what's the inspiration for that? It was a girl that I used to train with us named Michelle Morgan that just gave me the name and it stuck. Mm -hmm. And ever since then, she's like, you look like a rock star. You look like this guy that fits this image and you know you're outgoing you just don't care but you're always there to go help people and you're not asking for anything in return she goes this name would suit you you're always out there Excellent. and she's like i don't know what it is about you but everybody loves you and i was like i'll try it and it stuck awesome awesome okay well you know what jagger before we get going here i'd like you to have the opportunity first of all fans who want to either buy merchandise or are be a part of your fan club or get a hold of you. What kind of um, social media stuff do you have to send out there for that? I have an Instagram. I have a Facebook. If you can't afford merchandise, mm -hmm. just let me know. I'm willing to send it to you free of charge. I've never, I always look out for the fans. I appreciate the fans because if it wasn't for the fans, there wouldn't be me or anybody else. So if you really want one of my shirts, I will send you it free of charge if you can't afford that. That's the way that I am. You and appreciate you, your fans and be loyal to them. Okay. Um, I work for a supplement company called Bucked Up, which I sell a lot of products, which is this deer right here. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No, um, I have not, but uh, we'll have to get that out products, there. It's the best products in the world. I mean, if you need any products, supplement-wise for fitness, hit me mm -hmm. up. I can get you 30 50% off of anything. I mean energy drinks, whatever it is. Okay. So now, so they can find you on Facebook under Jagger Lane. What is the yeah, Instagram handle? Jagger Lane as well. And then I'm on this uh, website as well for uh, a wrestling promotion that mm -hmm. just where you can get all my info with my dad stats and everything like that. I, I don't remember what it's called at the top of my head right now, mm -hmm. but um. Mm -hmm. Well, why don't we have you posted up, posted on Facebook sometime when you remember it, and so people who are deck want to direct themselves. I can send it to you guys. I Sounds can send good. It to you guys. And Sounds then good. I'll like all it pretty much uh, takes podcasts and any podcasts that are out there. It mm -hmm. like helps them link in promotions and excellent working anywhere. So it has like Gangrel School out there. It has a uh, you know Symphony School. Mm -hmm. Just a lot of different. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you know what? Last thing is, obviously you're taking bookings, yes? Yes. And are you willing to travel anywhere? 
yeah. within reason, within reason. Obviously, you know, you have a son who you have to monitor back, but you're willing to go places and try things, yes? Yes, I'm willing to take the opportunity to get there and move to the next level. I mean, any opportunity, as long as it's worth it, I'm okay. willing to take. So uh, where can people who uh, are promoters want to book you? What's the best, most effective way to get a hold of you uh, business-wise? Uh, you can either contact me on my personal number, which I don't mind giving out, which is 801-500-0574, or you can contact me on Facebook, or you can contact me on my Gmail, which is jagalane at gmail.com. And like I said, if I remember the other thing, mm -hmm. I would give you that right now, but I don't even remember what it is. Not a problem. Not a problem. Well, Jagger, you know what? It was really fun talking with you, getting to know you a bit. Folks out there, we have a wrestler named Jagger Lane who is uh, tearing up across uh, the United States. Take a chance to see him. Get a hold of him. Uh, do you have some stuff on YouTube? I forgot to ask that. I do. Excellent. It's old footage because I haven't like posted any new ones mm -hmm. because uh, for some odd reason, the memory chip won't go upload, mm -hmm. but I'm going to have to start uploading them. Excellent. Excellent. So fans, Jagger Lane, we want to thank you for uh, talking with us and we want to wish you the best of luck in the coming future. Thank you guys. I appreciate it. Thank you both. God bless you both. That was interesting enough, man. He seemed mm. like a pretty, uh, pretty all right dude. Yeah, he's a, he's a good guy. Yep. I'm glad we got a chance to talk to him. You know what, uh, Elio, I know we, we always do this pretend thing where I'm going, hey, well, look at you, but I just want to tell the fans, we do have t-shirts available at Wrestling POV. Yes, we uh, do. They're there for the main show, and mm -hmm. uh, if we can start moving those puppies, who knows, maybe we can get a global wrestling t-shirts uh, down path someday. And there are four different colors. Four different colors. What are the, Do you know what the colors are? They must be red, blue. Uh, they didn't take yellow, did red, they? Red, blue. I think they have white as well. Okay. All right, well, we're looking at uh, prowrestlingtees.com backslash WPOV Wrestling. Take a chance, order some shirts. They look pretty snazzy. Uh, mm -hmm. We have our own shirts. Uh, and I would say try them on, man. Support us. Support the site. Help us. Daddy needs his eye operation and grandma's lungs ain't working. <laughs> uh, I just thought I'd throw in a passion plea. In there. I understand that the stuffing has been following out of Miguel. We, we can't let, yeah, anyways, I'd let him die. Anyways, um, <laughs> let's move on to MLW Wrestling. MLW. Now, Major League Wrestling for this week. Uh, okay, the sad part, first of all, this is the last episode that we get for a while, at least under as Fusion. Now, I know MLW is working on a show called Anthology. I'm not sure if, does, if it means it'll start this in the regular Fusion time slot, if it'll okay. be shown on YouTube. I have no idea yet. I, you know, when we find out, we'll try and post it up. Oh, we know but, when uh, it starts next week. Yeah, I hope it does. I have no confidence. I know that's what, that's what they, that's what you're saying. Uh, it starts next week. Okay. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm looking right now at uh, this week's MLW. It is the last, um, the last, what did you call it? last episode concerning the Super Series between uh, AAA and MLW. Mm -hmm. uh, going into tonight, we had uh, AEW up four matches to three over AAA. Now this episode, and I explained this earlier. AEW. Sorry. You said AEW match for this. No, oh, did I say it? I meant MLW. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. MLW and AAA. Now, fans, the reason I didn't write an article on this week's thing is there really wasn't much to write about. There was one match <laughs> that dominated. Yeah, I, I was lost. I, I thought I'd missed something. I thought there was like more than that one. 
Yeah, one match is kind of a hard one to. Eh. Yeah. But uh, it was the the main event mm-hmm. of the whole Super Series thing, and uh, and even then it's kind of odd because, you know, it's AAA versus MLW, so pretty much American versus Mexican. Yet MLW is being represented by uh, L.A. Park and his sons, who are luchador Mexican wrestlers. (laughs) So that was a little bit weird. Uh, Psycho Clown and his his buddies, uh, Psychosis, and uh, I don't know, I think his name transfer. I think it roughly translates to Fat Little Cheeseburger or whatever that guy's name was. But oh, uh, uh, Nino Hamburguesa, Hamburger Boy, Nino's uh, boy. Yes, hamburger yeah. boy, sure. Yeah. Hamburger <laughs> boy. Hamburger. But uh, you know what? Um, a tough sell of a match, okay? Tough sell of a match, buddy. I mean, uh, you have to really be into Mexican wrestling once again to really get into this. Uh, the style was a lot more lucha than wrestling. Also, like, okay, now, not like I've said, um, I've seen, like, the lucha libre, like, they've had AAA late at night, like, uh, years ago. Uh-huh. But, uh, Rarely, but so I'm cool with the Lucha Libre. It gets confusing when they have all six guys in the ring at the same time, though. Yeah, you know, it, it happens a little too much. Yeah. The breakdown of who is, if there is even legalities and whatnot. Um, in the end, the Park brothers win, or I guess the Park father and brothers win. And, uh, you know, MLW goes up five wins to three. I'm not sure what they win or what this proves, but we do know we have heard rumors and rumblings that uh, Pagano and Psycho Clown will be making appearances in uh, upcoming MLW stuff down the road. So that'll be exciting to see. The rest of the show was marred by a lot of the sameness we've been seeing lately. I'm so um, sick of the Richard Dynastic. That was like weird. Yeah, the Richard Dynastic one was terrible this week. Yep. However, I want to point to something that was, if you thought Cody Rhodes. Uh, had a hard time describing, uh, sorry, not Cody Rhodes. If you thought that Chris Jericho had a hard time discovering, um, trying to tell us what exactly this match was he had coming up with the Elite, holy crap, the match that Mance Warner wants is just, it seems ridiculous and out of a movie. Actually, uh, actually, you know what? Uh, I've seen this before. If you remember the movie Ready to Rumble. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. It's yeah. It sounds like it's right out of that match. You, you that's got exactly what it is. Three <laughs> cages stacked bad. on each other into smaller ones. I don't <laughs> understand the ridiculousness of these spectacles, but uh, but but the way he described it was so confusing. Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Um, I'm not even gonna go good and bad this week because let's face it, uh, there wasn't a lot to deal with. Um, for me, I thought a cool sign. Uh, was the Contra jumping Davy Boy Smith uh, showing us that uh, we're even closer to Davy Boy versus Fatu, which is a match I want to see very much. Not to say, I love, you, know, you know, like I was never like a big Contra fan, but I got to say, I, I'm liking Contra now. Well, you know what? Only one match, so there wasn't a heck of a lot on this week's episode. No. Um, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a C mm-hmm. just because it was, it wasn't, that great of a day of a great night wrestling okay what do you think yeah i'm gonna go with the c as well so for me the shows are tied you gave well, uh, AEW B minus yeah so it gives us aw a slight lead this week so i'm gonna give the two uh, points to aw gonna right. give the one point to mlw 
Um, and as we've said before, folks, there is no NXT going uh, UK. There is no New Japan going right now. So that's kind of sad. We don't have those things to cover, but they'll be coming back. Hopefully, hopefully we all survive this pandemic. Um, you know what? I, I Like I said, uh, as I said earlier to Elio, it kind of concerns me that we're falling into this kind of apathy lately of wrestling. And I don't think it's just us. I mean, if we look right now at ratings for WWE, they're so far low, which should be the opposite. We're currently in a state where we're all at home. There's no other professional new sports running. So you would think that with having fresh content, uh, WWE and AEW should be shooting up great numbers out there. I can't even watch the weekly shows anymore. Like I start and then I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to do something else. It's 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 a bad time because this should be the time that uh, the writers should be stepping up and giving us something. Now that they have you know uh, they have a captive audience, they should be taking this opportunity to wow them. And it's not mm-hmm. happening. It's not happening. We're not getting wild. We're getting lulled into sleep. Yep. And when and when a B or a B plus is amazing, you know that we're not getting the best quality of wrestling because. A B plus should be the low end of what you should watch. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, I don't know, Elio. This uh, whole thing is going on, but you know what? We're gonna we're gonna trudge through this. Uh, next week, next week we're going to have an interview with a promoter slash wrestler from Winnipeg, mm-hmm. uh, who's appeared on many uh, roles and uh, and vignettes in in Raw. He's been. Um, He's appeared, he's at tryouts with uh, ROH. I've seen him across Canada many times, and that's a hotshot Danny Duggan. And oh, uh, we'll have an interview with him. But we're also going to dig into my own vault of stuff before we came to the show. And I have an old interview from two, two and a half years ago with Nikita Koloff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So we're going to talk to him, and uh, we'll figure out some new stuff. And uh, I don't know. We're trying to have some fun out of this, folks. It, it Sometimes it seems it's a little bit rough, but we're there for you. We want to hear. And if you got any ideas of stuff you want us to talk about or cover, by all means, send it in. Like, and, like I said, like I said, I've been watching Dark Side of the Ring next week. It's the season finale. So I really hope there's a season three coming out well, soon. I hope so, too. Another thing, fans, keep your eyes out. Uh, as of this recording, tomorrow, Rick Serrano III and I will be doing a little audio talking about WWF from the 1983 era of Hulk Hogan to 1990. Oh, wow. We're going to be talking some of the crazy characters. We're, you know what? I think I might even drag Elio a bit into here and oh. get him to talk a little bit about sure. uh, that whole Hulkamania era and, and the stuff. And, and it's sort of like back when wrestling was straight up cartoon. A nine-year-old Elio back when he first started watching. <laughs> going to be amazing. So folks, tune in for that one. And uh, just want to say, it's tough keeping your spirits up right now. It's tough. I get it. There's every day that I wake up. I mean, I have a house. I have a wife. I have a child. I have uh, money coming in from uh, the government, of all things. Uh, I have plenty of food. The bills are paid. And yet, I spend the whole day feeling a little down. I have a hard time getting out of bed, too, sometimes. I start to think of how futile it feels not having a job at the moment. This is what I do. Uh, I uh, I wake up in the morning, have breakfast, and I come back upstairs and I just like relax for a bit. It's like yeah. there's nothing else to do some days. Well, I do get the folks. I get I get the the idea, folks. What it's like to to feel like you know, 
that you're kind of left behind, that you're kind of, what, what real isolation is about. And, uh, you know, one thing that kills me is I have a very good group of friends that we get together regularly. I can't believe how much I miss just hugging my friends, mm-hmm. how important these things become. And I know it's sad and I know it's hard, but I want you people to know that we're doing what's right right now. We're trying to keep each other safe. We're trying to keep these countries safe. We're trying to keep this world safe. And if it means we have to suffer a bit now for us to have a brighter tomorrow, I just say, as hard as it gets, buckle up and do it. Because you know what? You guys aren't any different than anyone else. The feelings you're feeling isn't, nah, it isn't, uh, it isn't not valid. It's okay to feel down. It's okay to feel like you're off day. It's okay to take a day off. It's okay to day, sleep in all day and lay in your bed and play games on your pad, whatever. But just know you're valuable, you're important, and you're, you're a brother or sister to the wrestling POV nation. And we're there for you guys. So every time that we get up and we feel shitty and down and like we're struggling, we're going to do our best to throw on a smile, try and tell a few jokes and hopefully, hopefully give you a moment or two where it doesn't seem so lonely. So I, 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 was, I, was, I was thinking about this uh, the, other, the other day. Hmm? I've seen this before in Back to the Future Part 2, uh-huh. which by the way, the best trilogy in his cinematic history. Oh my. Now, okay, we're, in January, it was, it was present 2020. That was our okay. present 2020. Okay. Somewhere along the way, we woke up one morning and the whole world got turned upside down and we landed in, in, in an alternate universe. And that's God. where we're at now. You're getting deep there, Elio. Yeah. You're getting deep. <laughs> Marty McFly got deep into that in the movie when he dropped back to the alternate in 1985. Very true, very true. Well, folks, I don't know if I'm as crazy or an insane or drunk as Elio, and I'm not going to claim that you're sitting in an alternate reality, but you are in something that is unprecedented in our lifetimes, and we will get through this. We will soldier on, people. We'll smile. We'll show some damn good wrestling. We'll have some laughs, and maybe, if we're really lucky, we'll pull the head off Miguel Cole. Actually, folks, check, yep, go on. I actually checked just, out the Church of Championship Wrestling the other day. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was pretty, that was different. Yeah, folks, go out and check out all the old yeah. wrestling you can find. This is your opportunity. You heard about the stuff, try it out. Mid-South. My God, I love that stuff. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Elio? Yes, sir. We've told the people we love them. We've told the people that we've had a great time this week. Yep. I think it's about time you tell the people to have a good night. All right. Fans, we will talk to you all next week. <laughs>